Welcome to Coaching with Kelly, a podcast that gives you the tools that you need to invest in this season of your life. Join life coach Kelly Tibbetts as she interviews inspiring leaders who help you identify your why, name your strengths, and value your energy, soul, and thoughts. This podcast will help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. Well, welcome to Coaching with Kelly. I hope our time together today will help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. And today we have a special guest, my friend, Pastor Tanisha from East Coast International Church. Am I saying it right? Yep. Welcome. How are you today? Woo! (laughs) I'm excited to be with Kelly. I'm wicked excited to be on your podcast. I'm a little tired, but Yeah. yeah. Pastor during COVID, a little tired. I bet there's a lot of people who feel that. Well, thank you for being here today. I want to start today before we even get to our questions with the story of how we met. I had been part of a team that launched something in New England called Lead Kids. And I was a workshop speaker for three years. And the only friend I made in three years was you. I remember seeing you in the front row and we just had this connection. Like I would speak and you would smile at me and then you came to the second session. And so do you remember us meeting a few years ago? I do. It was, um, I went to the conference and I was excited because I heard good things. Um, but normally like I go to these and I like you just, I find it to be really helpful for people like volunteers or who are kind of like newer in kids ministry. Mm-hmm. But I went into it and I was like, I just need to like, I need someone who's going to just speak and like help me get to the next level, you know? Mm-hmm. And I went to your workshop and I was like, oh, I found her. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that. Like we, you gave me your email that day. And one of the reasons I wanted you on as I began this podcast is because you are one of the people that helped me to believe that being a coach right now was the thing that I should do because we had the opportunity to work together with me being your coach a little bit over this last year and a half. So first, before we begin, I just want to thank you for that, for um, showing up and just speaking into my life. And I'm so excited that you're here. So part of how I was coaching you is I'm an Enneagram coach. And so we talked a little bit about the Enneagram, which helps you identify your why, why you think, feel, and do life the way you do. And one thing I really want to be encouraging people as they do their Enneagram work is to know, don't just take a quick test. It takes a lot of work to kind of identify your why. And maybe the first step might take you a couple of years to realize what you're not. So have you found your Enneagram number? And if not, what have you discovered about yourself as you studied the Enneagram? No. So I, I thought at one point (laughs) and then I thought I was something else. And now (laughs) I just kind of keep, I feel like I keep bouncing around. Um, and something that it's, it's interesting is that a lot of people I know will type me as a seven and I know Mm. for sure I am not a seven. (laughs) That's not your motivation. No, (laughs) no, but it is, it is certainly a part of my, um, coping mechanisms or how Mm. I've learned to kind of navigate the world. Um, Because it it seems like three or possibly even eight, like it's definitely Mm -hmm. where I lean. Um, And just a lot of the messaging I've always received is that's not, you know, to be driven or intense, like is not what is acceptable. So Mm. I definitely have leaned into this fun, fancy free. And that's what's so hard, right? Some of our behaviors are recognized by society as appropriate. And so we lean into those behaviors, but they don't really identify what our motivation is. Our motivation is the why we think, feel, and do life the way we do. So one of the things you do know is three sevens and eights tend to be very future focused. And so four fives and nines are people who look at the past. They love to reread notes and come up with wisdom and discernment and how to review what we did and get 
from that, some information for now. People who are one, twos, and sixes like me, we love the present, what needs to be done. But you're a three, seven, eight because what brings you life and joy? I love planning. Mm. I, always, <laughs> I feel like it's just the gift I offer this world is the way that my brain works is I can like, if there's a problem, I can figure out 10 solutions without mm. even thinking. Like I just know. And I love like figuring it out and making a plan. Implementing it is kind of where I... Well, that's where you want to find those one, twos, and sixes and hand it off. <laughs> and then the other piece you do know about yourself is as you have to make decisions, and COVID has been such a hard season to be a pastor, do you tend to make those decisions from your heart, from your head, or from your gut? Yeah, I definitely think a lot of it is gut. Sometimes I think gut and in like feelings, it's a little bit murky for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely think like I go with what my gut is telling me to do. I, I don't, I don't need a lot of like pros and cons or lists mm. or like that is not, that's not me. I know so that. the five, seven, five, six, seven is out and we'll just keep focusing on those other two pieces, but I'm proud of you for doing the work and not just picking a number to pick it, but to keep working on that. But the value of it is really knowing, okay, this is who I am. This is why I think and feel and do life this way. And the grace that comes from knowing others don't. Yeah. And the grace to give yourself of, okay, if there's like a deep review of what we did last year, I'm going to put someone else on that and they can give me a summary so I don't use my energy for that. Well, one of my favorite things about you is you are a pastor and you are an incredible speaker. You've had the opportunity to preach and we can link to that as well. But what made you decide to be a pastor and what is it about it that you feel like really helps you be the woman that you are, this made on purpose for a purpose leader. So tell us about being a pastor and why you think that's the field you chose. Well, it's very funny because I would say I did, I don't know that I chose it. What do they say? That I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, honestly, is um, I had very different plans for my life. Um, when I was six years old, I was planning to go to an Ivy League school and that um, didn't happen, but I was still was, had plans to go to. Mm -hmm. A fairly prestigious a university and then I met Jesus and mm. <laughs> went to church and my pastors all told me God had a plan and mm. he had an opinion and as I prayed uh, I really felt as though he wanted me to go to this Bible college which was devastating to me <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to transfer every semester except mm. for my graduating one because um, at that point I was done <laughs> but I really just honestly just followed God and the doors kept opening mm. um, and I just walked through it and didn't enjoy it most of the time, but, um, always found on the other side of it, you could see the why. Yeah. Um, and for me, one of the things that I have learned in retrospect and the why that I can see why God put me here has to do a lot with, um, the heart that he's given me and mm -hmm. the gifts that he has given me have really, I think are extremely effective in the local church context. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of redeeming my, my past through being mm -hmm. able to help other people in similar experiences. Um, because my, you know, my childhood was complicated, but I had Jesus. Mm -hmm. And while I didn't have a, a firm relationship with God, um, I did have the hope. Mm -hmm. And so I always, I think that's a huge part of it for me is to know that I, I may not be able to help people find housing or, you know, change their circumstances too much, but I can at least help give them the hope that I had. Yeah, no, that's so powerful. I would say my story is very, very similar in the local church 
did help me to see the hope in the future that was very hard to see in a messy childhood. And I actually did my student teaching in Philadelphia. And I remember my student teaching advisor saying that, like, you can't bring everybody home and you can't change many things, but you can help them invest in their education and begin to hope and see a different future. And I think that's what you're doing for a lot of kids, especially a bunch of little girls who are in your program and they see your leadership. Um, we have a unique connection in that the church that I became a pastor in came down last summer and spent some time with you. And so these children that I invested in as little kids grew up and they were teenagers and they were hanging out with you. And I love that you're one of those mentors in their life. So, um, you know, my goal in this podcast is really to help people believe that they're worth investing in. And I would say in this season of COVID, there's never been a more important time to invest in yourself. And the invest acronym, the I is to identify your why. Why do you think, feel, and do life the way you do? Name your strengths is the N. The V is to value your life, to put good boundaries and to, you know, value the, the time and the talent, and the treasure that you've been given. And the E is around energy work. And so we had a chance this summer to be in a coaching circle together. And in that circle, we were discovering just sort of the beginning layers of energy investment. And so where would you describe yourself as someone who's a morning person, an afternoon person, an evening person? And with the exhaustion that comes from being a pastor during COVID, how are you investing in yourself to maintain those energy levels mentally, physically, and relationally? Well, so um, I think you had, her name is Ellen, right? Yeah. Okay. So Ellen, really her re revelation regarding the types of energy that we have mm -hmm. was really helpful for me as well, because I learned like in the morning, I wake up probably 6.30 every day, ready to go. However, I can't work out to save mm -hmm. my life in the morning. It's the worst. I had like, and I can like read, I can plan, I can do incredible things early in the morning. I can take classes if I had to, but I, I just can't do anything physical. <laughs> Isn't that so important to know? So your mental energy, nice and green, totally yep. doing up energy, others, but right. not physical energy first thing in the morning. And, and where then, does that come? At nighttime. So um, I work out in the evenings and it's, you know, not ideal because then you have to shower before you go to bed. <laughs> but it's for me, like right, probably between like, between anytime between five and like nine o'clock. If I work out, I'm going hard and I have everything I need to get through a really good workout. I think that's such an incredible amount of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things we've discovered and, you know, part of what we're trying to share this year is this information about green, yellow, red, mental, physical, emotional, that your emotional energy actually impacts you mentally and physically. And so as a pastor, creating plans that didn't work out, having to pivot over and over again, have you found yourself at all emotionally drained? And if so, is it impacting your mental and physical energy? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we can just put a big yes dance yes on that. <laughs> um, so it's funny because when I met you, I was, uh, I would consider myself in recovery mm. from having ran myself into the ground. Mm. Um, and so I've kind of been on this journey for a long time, figuring out how to care for my soul. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I always think I'm doing great until I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this, this is kind of my cycle in life for good, like maybe two and a half, three months, sometimes four months, I can go and go and go and go. Mm -hmm. And then I crash. Yeah. And it's usually like, I'll get sick or I like get headaches for no reason, seemingly no reason. Right. Um, and I have found like, I'm kind of in this space again where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm not caring for my soul. I'm not mm -hmm. resting. Um, and I know because even when I'm doing things that breathe life into me, like meeting with people and, um, 
you know, mentoring, I just don't have it. Mm -hmm. And, um, even physically, like I'm still, still trying to work out because it's one of the things that helps me, um, kind of in the circle of, I need to get energy. So I have to work out. And And that's Um, most people. Yeah. But it's still, it's like, it's a bit of a struggle right now because I just am on, I'm running pretty low. Well, I love your authenticity because I think a lot of us are running low because the systems that used to get us through are no longer available. I used to love my 30 minute commute because I was listening to podcasts and I'm high on input in my name, my strengths from the Clifton Strength Finders. And I didn't realize what a loss that was um, right away at the beginning of COVID. But that was one of the ways that I need to, you know, keep my soul healthy is I love to receive information from books and podcasts. And so I had to find a new system of going for a walk and listening to a podcast. And you are giving yourself um, a little bit of grace right now and saying that even though the work around you seems never ending as it does for almost every children's pastor out there, you're committing to Sabbath. And so you shared a little bit on your social media last week. What did your day of rest look like? And how did you feel after you did that really hard thing? Because there were plenty of things that were urgent on your plate, but this was important and you made time for it. How did you decide to do that? Where'd you go? And how did you feel at the end of your Sabbath day? Well, so I didn't start with the Sabbath day. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm not okay. Mm. Um, Because I was paying my bills, cleaning my room. Uh, Because I I like being productive. Yeah. Um, And so if I have a day off, I kind of just switch into productivity mode. It just Mm -hmm. does not work. Um, And so I was going and going and going. I woke up probably around like five um, last week. And so I was going and then around like 8.30, I was like, oh, I'm tired. Mm. I was like, I'm really tired. And I'm not like, I really struggled to nap. I I feel like my body just rests enough to get the energy to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, I knocked out for three hours. I'm so proud of you for (laughs) doing that. Well, I was like, okay, I'm just going to lay down for a second. And then I was like dead asleep. Yeah. (laughs) I woke up and I was like, what just happened? And I realized, oh, I'm not okay. I, mm-hmm. I need to like stop and not mm-hmm. just stop working, but I need to stop producing, stop fighting mm-hmm. so hard to like do all these things and check off all these boxes. Um, and so I had a gift card and to one of my favorite restaurants, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm just going to go and do things that breathe life into me. I'm so proud so of you. I went to one of my favorite restaurants. Actually it's press. We met there. We met there. Yep. I love it. Um, and I went and I listened to a podcast that I don't, normally listen to because I'm usually listening to like productivity or <laughs> like, work oriented ones. And so I just listened to one that was fun and funny. Um, and mm. I ate and I journaled, I bought myself a new journal. Um, cause I lost my other one, which is a great sign. <laughs> <laughs> too busy. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. And like immediately my brain switched back to like all the things I was going to do that yeah. night. Okay. I got da, 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 da. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to find somewhere to go for a hike, for a walk. I'm going to go for a little hike. And so I just put in my GPS and there was five minutes away from where I was, this beautiful, beautiful hiking spot in Lexington. Mm. And so I went and I drove around and I, I found in, I went for a little hike and it was, it really felt like God like set me up on mm. like the best day ever. That's so good. <laughs> and um, so I walked out and there was this, a clearing into this meadow and the sun was going down and all the colors. And I just was like, wow. And I, I, I sat down, there's like a little rock wall because it was the most picturesque place I've ever been in my life. Yeah. 
Um, and I just talked to Jesus mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where I, even like in prayer was like, oh, I'm only praying for, to get things done. I'm only like, even in my relationship with God, it's very productivity related and not being. Mm-hmm. Not being loved, just being Yeah, like, still. Yeah. And so I cried for a long time. <laughs> I'm so proud. I think it was a beautiful, vulnerable moment for you to share with people. And I hope that even everyone who's listening now will realize neither of us are sitting here saying, oh my gosh, we're so perfect and we have our systems down. But what we want to offer people is when you rest and then work, there is something about the power that comes from deciding to just be loved instead of constantly having to do. And so as a female leadership you probably haven't had a lot of mentors, but you get to be a mentor to many women. So what would you say to that young girl, 13, 15, 17, starting to believe in her leadership and her gifts? What would your advice be to the female who's listening right now? And she's got three little kids running around and nothing feels productive because everything she does turns back into a mess. Or to someone my age whose kids have just moved out and all of her dreams have been invested in her family. And now she's sitting home and wondering what's next. As a female in leadership, what do you offer the rest of us um, as something to truly believe? about being called, anointed, gifted to be a leader? I think there are two things that I would say um, and two things I find myself saying a lot. Um, One, it's so, (laughs) I think it's, I really, I don't know, I'll just tell you. So um, when my kids are having a hard time, like my students or the girls I mentor or whatever, I was like, I'll grab them by the shoulders and say, listen, you are a strong, independent black woman. You can do it. And it's funny, a little girl on and she's blue-eyed, like platinum blonde hair. And she's like, I am. <laughs> and I like tell them all the time, like, you know, who does hard things? Like you do hard things. Um, and there's just, there's something about like, because I speak that into my life all the time. And I mean, I, I'm black, but there's something about just being able to say like, I am strong. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And even if it's hard, you're going to, we're going to make it through. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I, that I think the slowness, some of the slowness of COVID has really helped me to learn mm. that I wish everyone had an opportunity to is to just be able to own who you are and generously be able to offer it to the world around you. Obviously like with boundaries and taking care of yourself, but I really have been just loving the season I'm in of being able to say, I know who I am mm-hmm. and I can't fight somebody else's like battle. I can't try to be somebody else. Like being who I am is never going to fit into the mold that I think I have to fit into or that other people may want me to. And there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. that I wasn't created to do that. And um, one of the things that I really have been trying to empower the people, specifically the women around me is to say like, you're never going to be that man. You're never going to do that, but who are you and be that, be it wholeheartedly, be it fiercely, be it excitedly celebrate who you are and know that like your God made you this way for a reason. Mm -hmm. So do it, be it and stop trying to be somebody else because it's exhausting. Well, I can't think of a better word for us to end on. I hope that people listening today will believe that, that you don't have to look to your left or your right and try to be anybody else. Be the person you were made to be. You were made on purpose for a purpose and you get to go live that brave, creative life. 
Well, Tanisha, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to have you back on again. And for everyone who's listening, I hope that today helps you believe that you're worth investing in, in this season of your life and the seasons to come. I hope that you continue to invest in your relationships. And I hope that Tanisha's word that you are fierce and you are powerful helps you believe that you are worth investing in your dreams. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Coaching with Kelly. Join us next time for more conversations on how to truly invest in this season of your life. For more information, or if you would like Kelly Tibbetts to be your life coach, you can find Kelly Tibbetts Life Coach on Facebook, or you can visit kellytibbetts.com.